1: Rain of Troy hotline Alicia, Michael, what's going on? We know you have takes, we have takes I'm actually surprised that your rant line, raid line, whatever isn't completely full
0: Why can't we just win a game? Can I blame Michael Castillo for this? Can I blame Bob Connolly for this? K- Can I put on a zebra shirt and just go out there?
1: Scratch, claw, up against the wall Can't
0: explain it, what I'm feeling right now, guys I can't believe
1: it Let's open up that race. line Woohoo! Oh, I can't believe. USC has hired Lincoln Riley. Oh, yeah. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Reign of Troy Radio. This is the CarCast after USC's 5610 shellacking at the Coliseum. We're going to give you our reactions and so much more. As always, you can follow us on Twitter, Reign of Troy. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Reign of Troy. Be sure to subscribe to us. Anywhere you can find a podcast, we should be there. Uh, Spotify, TuneIn, Overcast, and of course, Apple Podcasts. You can subscribe to us right here on YouTube, where we are live uh, with video right now. And if you're joining us on video, be sure to like the stream and subscribe. As always, uh, our email address is randomtroyofansight.com and our phone number, 818 643 7227. Second Whispering Show. Fruin'. I'm your host, Michael Castillo. Join along by co host. Here in the Raina Troy Studio in Los Angeles, Alicia D'Artola. Hello, everybody. We have to talk about a game in which Alicia SC, um, until the dying seconds of the game, was being outscored by Stanford in the second half. How do you feel about that?
0: I do not care.
1: <laughs> I I I was thinking of putting a tweet up on on the the Raina Troy account of like. SC sets a uh, sets a historic low for points in the second half <laughs> and have like the uh, the uh, Stephen a Smith I do not care we do not care whatever it was uh, if you're just joining us and if you are living under a rock you did not watch the game USC wins 5610 uh, a game in which SC led 49 to three and a half uh, which according to Elias tied USc's Record for points and a half dating all the way back to the 1930s against Montana. Um, I, I looked up when the, the, the most recent time that SC had scored 49 and a point points and a half. The only thing I could find, uh, and maybe we'll get more clarity on this in any, sort of any sort of half, uh, is when the SC um uh sports and information department puts out their their post game notes. Uh, but according to my findings, it's most likely that SC has not scored 49 points in a half, which they did tonight, since the infamous 1974 comeback game against Notre Dame, where they famously scored 49 points in the second half of that game. As he did tonight, 49 in the first half, uh, and just dominated all three phases of the game. Uh, Stanford could do nothing in the first half. They did score a field goal, but really nothing. And SC, everything SC did. Turned into points. Um, an incredible first half display. Your thoughts?
0: Yeah, uh, that uh, that first half might have been the most dominant display I have seen from a USC team ever. <laughs> I mean, certainly because in it a, was in all
1: phases, right? Like, yeah,
0: in a in, I think in a in a Pac-12 game, certainly mm-hmm. um, it was all it was all phases. The offense looked. Unstoppable. The only stop in the first half, if my memory serves me correctly, was was the the USC special. Was the USC special that was entirely on Caleb Williams for not just well picking up that first down with his legs. Second second down
1: play was a little. Pass underneath to Mario Williams. Where he cuts back. He cuts back and loses two yards. Yeah. Yeah. Sets up third and three instead of a third and one, which probably is a run up the middle or something. But even still, that's being extremely extremely nitpicky.
0: nitpicky. Yes. Yes. I mean, it was offensively, it was as dominant a display as I have seen from USC. It is as dominant a display as I have seen from. Any college football team that I've watched in a long time in a yes in a in a conference game, mm-hmm. um, defensively, that was you could not ask for more from the defense. I, I thought the defense in the first half live was was going you know stride for stride with the USC uh, with the USC offense in terms of making plays and looking miles ahead of the opposition on special teams. They're dumb and punt to Zachariah Branch, and uh, we all saw how how that went. Um, USC genuinely made Stanford look like a high school team. Like there was a there was a certain point where I sat there and was like, "This doesn't. This actually doesn't feel fair. Like this isn't a fair fight. This is a this is like playing having IMG Academy play Bishop Sycamore. Like it, it was it was that level of these two teams are not on the same level yeah. and and it's not that i thought that stanford was very good going into this game i i watched the tape from them playing hawaii and i did not come away impressed i i i, I didn't think that stanford was going to cause usc too many problems um but i spent most of the day you know my my day job is to cover college football on a national level Mm-hmm. And I spent most of the day watching teams like Austin P push Tennessee to the the, the brink. Yeah. Uh, I watched Clemson be like in a dogfight with Charleston Southern at halftime. Um, watched, you know. Oregon right leading leading up to the game like watched Oregon struggle with a Texas Tech team that just lost to Wyoming last week and um you know just all of these teams that were ranked playing cannon fodder opponent and not not doing away with them quickly sort of having trouble with them so i went into the game thinking like well it's packed up after dark mm-hmm. it's Stanford, You know, Stanford has done that to USC in the past. Like, Stanford beat USC as a 40-point under, underdog once. I was there. I saw it live. Like, you know, it happens. Um, so it felt like, okay, maybe something is going to happen here. And then that got put away very quickly.
1: <laughs> very, very quickly. Um, SC scores on the first drive. Uh, really easy drive um, marching down the field and then Stanford's third offensive play is the the interception. Uh, um, Ashton Daniels is under pressure from Bear Alexander. Uh, it's picked off by Max Williams. He nearly literally goes the entire distance uh, and takes it back for a pick six, but he, he gets stopped. I think there was a penalty afterwards uh, on SC, but they had to score a couple minutes later. But it, I I saw a message from, from David on on YouTube that said if I had to compare this game to anything, I would say two thousand five against Arkansas. Feels like SC could have scored two hundred in that game. I think that's an apt comparison. Uh that was a game SC won seventy to seventeen, and if I remember right, uh in the first quarter alone SC scored twenty-eight points on like a minute and twenty of possession. Um that was a play just dominated by huge plays, right? Huge breakneck plays. I, I think Reggie had a couple of really long runs in that first half. And this was a game that was very similar. Um, except I almost think it was more impressive because outside of the Zach Branch punt return and outside of the 75-yard touchdown pass to Brendan Rice, everything else was a drive. SC was driving down the field. Mind you, it was chunk play after chunk play. You look at the drive chart.
0: <laughs> average um, average, like 11 yards Play yeah, first- like
1: eight plays for 75 yards, three plays for 19, 12 plays for 93, five for 55, the one play 75-yard touchdown pass to, to Brendan Rice, uh, and then seven plays for 80 yards right before the half. Um, SC was just driving on them and just being methodical, um, doing everything they could on offense. And on defense... This was the this was like the perfect game uh, in the first half on defense. I thought um, it felt like literally every play was some sort of a havoc play. Um, if if Solomon Bird or Barry Alexander wasn't breaking into the backfield uh, and creating um, you know pressure uh, and and creating havoc that way. Then it was a, a pass breakup by Max Williams or Kalen Bullock, or it was uh, you know the the two turnovers in the first half too. Like SC was just creating so much havoc defensively. That's what you want to see. That's what this uh, this defense is predicated on, right? Like providing so much pressure and um, aggression and havoc plays. To put the the opposing quarterback and the opposing offense on their back foot, you saw that Ashton Daniels ended up getting hurt. You never want to see a quarterback get hurt. Uh, he gets hurt in this game, and you know it seemed like SCU just kept getting home and getting to him. Uh, Lamson comes in for Stanford. He is the um, he won the backup job per se. Uh, never took a snap at Stanford at uh, Syracuse. I think he was a tight end at Syracuse or wide receiver. Syracuse converted to a quarterback as he transferred to Stanford. Never took a snap. I thought he looked okay. He looked better than Ashton Daniels did, but even still, SC was, you know, very good at just limiting the damage, even in the second half. And they gave up a couple of long drives. Uh, they hold firm on a goal line stand in the first uh, in in the third quarter. They end up giving away the uh, the a touchdown to Stanford at the end of the game, the end of the fourth quarter, this was just like exactly what you want to see from USC's defense. And it's about consistency because this is two weeks in a row that SC has made a bad offense look bad. And I know it's Stanford. Uh, it was notar- It was sorry Nevada last week, and Nevada just lost to FCS Idaho, uh, which is embarrassing for them, right? But how many times do we have to say it? SC has let many a bad team get off the hook and not look like a bad team in comparison to what SC is or should be, right?
0: For example, Austin P lost to Southern Illinois, an FCS school in week one, and then went out and took it to Tennessee. And Tennessee didn't make them look like the bad team that they are. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, that's all you can do if you're if you're USC, especially yeah, especially when you get to conference games because yeah, Stanford is 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 not good this year, but they're a Pac-12 team, right? They are a Pac-12 team, and you have to you when a, when you face a bad Pac-12 team, making them look this bad is a is an achievement. Um, from the defensive perspective, I, I think that this game. Like I said last week for Nevada, this exemplified it even more. That I think what we're seeing is the ideal for what Alex Grinch sees from his defense. Yeah. And by that I mean, yes, the defense will give up big plays because they are aggressive, and Mm -hmm. occasionally that aggression will get taken advantage of. Right. But But the thought, the theory behind it is you give up one big play and that's fine because 75% of the other plays in the game are negative for the other team. And I think what the defense did very, very well in this game that you would hope is a skill that they're building and a blueprint for how to proceed going forward is yes, you occasionally give up the big game, but then you get the stop down the field. So Mm -hmm. yeah, you give up that long run or you, or you let them get, let them get off the edge or, or, or you, you have, have the, one, the one-on-one the one play where the receiver makes the play over, over the one-on-one de- defender. But then you hold them to a field goal attempt or a field goal. But then you stop them in their tracks. But then you create the turnover. But then you get the fourth down stop. And you look at right. the the drives, the defensive drives that USC had in this game. That's kind of how it played out. Either USC just absolutely overwhelmed Stanford and just <laughs> took them out of about of anything and force a punt immediately or Stanford found a, a a bubble of success but then couldn't do anything with it because the defense was stout on the back half of of the drive and you can win games that way i, I I'm not delusional enough to to think that the way that you play Stanford can translate directly to what it'll look like if you're playing a Colorado or a a Notre Dame or a Utah or Oregon or a Washington or whatever. Those teams are just far more explosive and far more dangerous than a San Jose state or a Nevada or a Stanford. But the idea is that you're building to something, you're building the philosophy and you're starting to see it sort of get executed in, in, in in ideal circumstances, which Mm -hmm. the thing that was frustrating about the San Jose state game was in ideal circumstances, the defense wasn't following through on that sort of theoretical ideal where this is your, this is, this is your prime prime opportunity to show exactly what it'll look like if, if you do the job properly. And and that's what they did against Stanford. And it, I think it's very encouraging from that perspective that you're starting to have things go right in this kind of a game, which gives you an opportunity to build when you play ASU, when you play Colorado to, to, to move forward as a defense, especially when you have the performance that you get in this game from guys like bear Alexander, who Mm -hmm. are extraordinarily disruptive in the trenches. Yeah. Uh, when you have Solomon bird in there creating havoc plays, when you have Jamil Muhammad catching a quarterback off guard because the quarterback isn't expecting the, 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 the defender to catch up with him, catch up to him from behind. Um, those players stepping up and making those plays is what you hope the foundation of this defense will be going forward. You hope that they can continue to translate those plays uh, when the better opposition comes down the line. But, like, you don't get to choose when the opposition is going to be in front of you. You only get to play the, the guys that are in front of you. So you might as well go out and make Stanford look like they're a high school football team.
1: Uh, if you're joining us live, thank you as always. Join us live here on YouTube. Be sure to uh, like the stream and subscribe. Uh, it helps grow the show, of course. Uh, but, of course, there's one other way to support the show, and that's by signing up for DraftKings. Because if you're a new user, you can receive $150 bucks in bonus bets instantly after following just three steps. Create an account, deposit, and then wager 5 bucks on any sport, whether your first win or first wager wins or loses. you'll still receive 150 bucks in bonus bets. All you have to do is use the code reign of Troy when you sign up. Uh, and of course the best part is you help grow the show as well because using the reign of the code Reign of Troy not only gets you the bonus but supports the podcast. So if you're considering signing up for Draftkings, SC is going on the road in two weeks to a gambling state in Arizona. if you're considering signing up for Draftkings while you're on the road, Use our code, of Troy to maximize your first bets. Uh, of course, the offer is available for new customers who are 21 plus and physically present in legal gambling states. Please remember to always gamble responsibly and check the episode description for the full terms of the offer. Um, Alicia, I put a poll here in the YouTube chat. Um, who is your favorite Trojan tonight against Stanford? I did not run this by you before I put the poll in, so I just pulled four names out of if, out if, of a theoretical hat here and i'm curious your thoughts who would who first of all who would be the four names that you would put down
0: okay the four names i would put down are caleb williams yep bear alexander yep um zachariah branch
1: yep three and for three. who's the fourth guy Hmm. I mean, I know... The, who, the fourth guy, to be fair, is the, the fourth place person in the poll. I, um, I know who
0: I would I would put Marshawn Lloyd.
1: It was Marshawn Lloyd. That okay. was the four names that I put in the poll. I think who you do could you think make it, winning the poll,
0: though. I think you could make an argument for Max Williams. I thought Max Williams had a, had a really Max good game. Max
1: Williams could have got there. Kalen Bullock could have got there. Yeah. Um, Taj Washington could have got there. Um, you could have tipped a hat to, to Miller Moss for playing a whole quarter. I mean, a whole half. I personally
0: would vote for Marshawn Lloyd but I'm also going to make a declaration (laughs) right now that's a little bit hyperbolic and Uh that's fine I think Trey Madden has been superseded I I, mean I I think my favorite I think my favorite running back of a traditional style so I'm putting like for the sake of making the declaration. I'm putting like Reggie Bush to the side
1: Uh-huh. Mm-hmm.
0: because Reggie Bush.
1: Lendale? Uh, no, no. You, you're you're going to take you, you. First of all, you would take I'm Trey not, Madden no, over no, Lendale White? No,
0: no, 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 no. I'm not saying who I would take. I'm just saying, saying your favorite. who brings me the most ounces of joy every time they have the ball in their hands. Mm-hmm. I, every second of Marshawn Lloyd carrying the football this season has brought me immense, immense, immense joy. Like, my, I get a smile on my face that just spreads. Just, it's, it's... Be, I, I I actually think this is a case of optimistic, Alicia. I love watching that man run. I just <laughs> love, he is... Beautiful, like it's it's art. It's art. He's so big and powerful, but also like I saw somebody else. Uh, I, I I forget who it was. Um, might have been Ryan Karchi on Twitter going like, Marshawn Lloyd, like like a, like he's like a bullet shot out of a gun. And I'm like, that's been my thought too. Like, Marshawn Lloyd looks like he's got a jetpack on his back, but not in the way that just like oh that dude's like. Zachariah Branch is fast, mm-hmm. but he's not like pr- like projectile, like cannonball. If you try to get in front of me, like Zachariah Branch is going to weave through you. Like True. Marshawn Lloyd is just going to d- drive right through you, and and but he he's, he's
1: got some dipsy does. He's got
0: some dip. That's the thing. I love, I love, 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 love watching Marshawn Lloyd carry the football. Like it is beyond like i'm obsessed with watching Marshawn lloyd carry the football it's not healthy well
1: i'm i'm gonna give you bad bad news then he is fourth on the poll
0: it, well the only eight the, the robots only are only just 8%. flat out wrong they they don't appreciate <laughs> art the way that i do uh-oh
1: <laughs> so I'll, I'll i'll just spoil it for you winning the poll currently right now Uh, with 41% of the votes, is Bear Alexander. That's a good answer. As people's favorite Trojan of the night against Stanford, followed by Caleb Williams at 34% and Zachariah Branch at 18. I think it's crazy that Zachariah Branch returned his second punt return of the season of his career in a three-game career. He has two punt returns for for a touchdown. (laughs) Tomorrow I'm probably going to end up looking through a bunch of stats and if I would have thought about this earlier, I would have looked this up and I am I hope that when SC puts out their stat book tonight, they, they have it in there. But like the two punt returns for a touchdown, that has got to be as many, if not more than a lot of big dudes that you think of like historically. Yes. Like, like, well, you you think about a Dory remember... Jackson, Dory Jackson probably only had like three, Three pump returns for a touchdown in his career? Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, I remember I think it was Nelson Aguilar who had like four I don't know if it was pump returns or returns overall in a season, and that was like the USC record. So no, special teams return touchdowns are very rare, and I I'm fairly confident that this is the most pump returns in the first three games of a career oh, that any be. Trojan it has, has ever to had. Be.
1: Undoubtedly, um, yes.
0: And the sad thing is, like, if opposing teams are smart, that will be the last punt return that he has this season for a touchdown. Because
1: mm-hmm. had four, by the way.
0: You cannot punt. As I saw somebody tweeting, like his high school coach said, he he didn't understand why teams continued to punt his way. Yeah, I teams should not be punting to Zachariah Branch. They mm-hmm. should just not do it. Um, I hope they do. I hope they do. But but like they should not.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, It it helps for the entertainment of uh, of everyone Uh, to see Zachariah Branch go and return punts. Uh, By the way, I looked it up. Sorry. He only has one punt return. Uh, the other one was, it was a kickoff, a kickoff return. return. It was a kickoff but return, but he had that. So he has two returns. He, you know, overall returns. You know
0: what it was in the first game he had, or I think in both games he had punt returns that were like one move away from it. He he's almost returned five punts for touchdowns this season. It's it's wild. The kid is is
1: absolutely so wild. Adoree has eight all all time returns, which I think is the record. Um, Adori had two punt returns in his junior year and two kickoff returns in his junior year. That's that's four right there. Uh, in his sophomore year, he had two punt returns but no kickoff returns, and in his freshman year, he had two kickoff returns but no punt returns. Uh, so that's eight total for Adori Jackson, and yeah, he has the record. I think if I remember right, he beats um, uh, Ad. Ad had the record before him. So uh, Zachariah Branch off to a <laughs> uh an incredible pace uh yeah. to go um, Well, how many
0: touchdowns does he have this season now?
1: Uh I think it's 3. 3 or 4? Right, 3. Yeah. One, one in each game? So one or, No, yes. He had two against San Jose State, so that's four mm-hmm. four in three games. Yeah. Yeah, it it's it's incredible. So um yeah, l- let's let's talk about the offense a little bit more here. SC in the first half, I just want to go over some statistics. Um there was a tweet from USC Analytics that I thought was uh, brilliant. Um, I should have found it before I mentioned this thing. Uh, it was about SC not having a single negative play in the first half.
0: Mm-hmm. I saw that. Um,
1: every single There's two tweets. Every single one of USC's plays in the second quarter went for positive yards. That's wild. In the whole quarter, every single one was for positive yards in the second quarter. Uh, USC had zero negative plays in the entire first half. They only had two plays that went for zero yards. Both of those were incompletions, which were on back-to-back plays. One of them was like the third and three deep shot down the field. It, it was wild. You look at the, at the comparison in the, at the end of the first half. Um. Here it is. The first half score: forty-nine to three. SC leads. Total yards: four hundred and fourteen to one forty-three. First downs: nineteen to eight. Only nineteen because SC was moving so so quickly. Yeah. Um. Total plays: thirty-nine to thirty-two. SC averaged ten point six yards per play in the first half. Honestly, I would have thought that would have been higher. In the second quarter alone, SC averaged 16.2 yards per play. <laughs> just insane on 13 outrageous. plays. So it's like they still had a bunch of plays, uh 210 yards in that second quarter, 204 in the first quarter alone. Um it was it was just um incredible. Two two forced turnovers. Just doing everything that you want, and of course, Caleb Williams sets the record for four touchdown games, four total touchdown games, uh, because as a passer, he only had three tonight. Nineteen of twenty-one, two hundred and eighty-one yards through the air with, for three touchdowns. He did have his first running score of the night, um, which was a twenty-one yard score. His only rush all night, the only time he ever needed to take off, was a twenty-one yard touchdown drive on the first touchdown run, on the first drive of the game which
0: by the way can we talk about that run because that that that's a unique run you don't see people score touchdowns that way
1: yeah not as quarterback
0: very often certainly not as a quarterback but the way he the way he's able to 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 take off and run in the first place is is obviously a skill that he has mm-hmm. but then he gets downfield and he just is so willing to st- Slow up. It's like he took a page out of Zachariah Branch's book. the 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 kickoff return that Zachariah Branch had. The thing that was so incredible about it was that he s- deliberately slows up and just sort of like waits to let his his blockers set him up to then take off and and speed away. Mm-hmm. And Caleb does that on that play. He sort of gets down to the to the five yard line and then stops and sort of ambles forward a little bit and lets the blocking set up and then he's like okay now I'm going to go boom and I'm going to hit a defender to take to to drag myself into the end zone like that it's just it was just unique it was unique it was uniquely Caleb Williams in the sense that he's able to run he has such great vision and mm-hmm. understanding of the game that's paired with athleticism and then also what I loved is like the will to win, the will to get oh to the end zone.
1: You, you're gonna quote Hawk Harrelson on this podcast.
0: The will to win is not a. It's not owned oh. by any. Oh, that's oh. please. That's not. That's not. That's not owned by anyone. No. no what I'm saying. A what I'm saying is that Caleb puts his shoulder down and barrels through a, a, a defender, and not every quarterback is. A willing to do that and B capable of doing it.
1: Well, okay. I I love that run from Caleb Williams. Everything except the dropping the shoulder thing. Um you see him drop you see a USC quarterback drop a shoulder and take on a defender, and you immediately have flashbacks to nineteen ninety-nine, mm-hmm. September of ninety-nine at Austin Stadium, and Carson Palmer doing it and um losing his sophomore season, um, which ultimately tanked us 1999 season. So uh, that is something that, you know, sticks in my mind. You don't want to do that. You don't want to get injured in a way that you can avoid. However, that run was beautiful for everything else you said. Like he just was, he slowed down. He didn't just run through at breakneck speed. Like he just waited for his blocks to develop and just did what he needed to do to get in the end zone. And I think it's a sign of literally everything Caleb Williams does in this game feels like he's doing it in slow motion because he's just that much in control. Mm-hmm. Like, like, it genuinely looks like as if he took a quarterback from the NFL and dropped him into college football and they just played very slowly. Mm-hmm. Very in control, not panicky. He never looks like he is concerned about anything. The touchdown pass to Dorian Singer, what's his three straight games that he has a, a touchdown where he just stays in the pocket for for 12 seconds, and then fires a touchdown pass. Again, cool, calm, and collected. He got a bunch of a bunch of protection that time and delivers a strike to the back of the end zone. Dorian Singer, who I feel bad for, is so easy to forget about in this offense because he's just another superstar that SC has in this offense.
0: Well, that's the crazy thing, is that we can talk about Marshawn Lloyd and we can talk about yeah. Zachariah Branch and... We're not even, we don't even have time to
1: discuss. We haven't even gotten to Lake
0: McCree's Lake four McCree catches. Lake McCree and yeah. Dorian Singer and and yeah. Brendan Rice, who had a great touchdown catch. And right. Mario Williams, who's out there making, like.
1: Yeah, and then speaking of. And super- Tosh
0: Washington, who is, again, the most underrated player in the country.
1: Right, yeah. And then speaking of, you know, superstars, there's Tater Tots Double Zero in the hey. chat for throwing us a super chat. Cheers,
0: guys. It says, great win, but Curtis is still stinking it up at linebacker. (laughs) He made... I'm going to be honest.
1: He made a uh, fumble recovery. Yeah. uh, Made uh, a fumble, had a fumble recovery. I'm
0: going to be honest. I'm going to have to reevaluate that when I do my rewatch because... I didn't notice the linebackers at all tonight. That was I was too much. Go- I was too busy fawning over Bear, Bear Alexander and the defensive line to notice whether or not Tackett Curtis was stinking it up or not. <laughs> there were certainly moments. Uh, there were certainly moments where I thought that Stanford got the better of USC's linebackers in terms of uh, getting to the outside and and not having somebody there to cover. There were a couple missed tackles. And I know there was a big one from Shane Lee. So. There's always going to be complaints about the, the defense. I think I, I think I'm just at a realistic right. place with the defense where I'm just going to celebrate their their wins and and when it comes down to it, I'm going to rely on this offense that is absolutely ridiculously outstanding mm-hmm. to to cure all of my other ills because I, I just don't have the energy to yeah to, uh, to spend worrying about uh, worrying about the, the the defense to that degree
1: yeah and and, like like Kenny said in the chat it's it was ten points. you can't complain about the defense, and one of those uh scores well, was a touchdown t- at the end of the game. It's a yeah.
0: dubious touchdown too like I don't, I don't they, care. they they were they I, I, no, I don't care, but Lincoln Riley cared, and I think that was very, <laughs> very telling
1: well, I think that it, you want to I, I get it yeah i I yes, who cares really if they score? But I think there's something to the defense as a rallying point, of saying no, we're going to get the. It's not a shutout, but you keep them out of the end zone, right? That's basically sort of like kind of a shutout. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, there needs to be a word for this. What's the word for this? Why is there not a word for, uh, for keeping no somebody out of the end game. zone? It's too many words. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, so I think you want to, you know, you want to defend your defense's honor by like challenging and all that kind of stuff even yeah. though it looks kind of corny challenging to play at the end of the game yeah so i get it i get it um didn't go in sc's favor but who cares you gave up a touchdown you uh, in garbage time it's you you look at the uh the points per drive over on bcf toys tomorrow and it's going to be zero in in that game so yeah. um that's the important part because garbage drives are eliminated from that so
0: yeah and and like and like we were saying, like it, it, just felt like a, it felt like the defense was out there with a little bit of with a little bit of intensity and a little bit of, yeah. s- of swagger in this. That's game. what you and want
1: to see, hundred percent. You want to see,
0: yeah, absolutely. I, I, I think that, uh, I, I think that there is certainly time to nitpick the defense. There is certainly, uh, I am certainly not. But- Convinced by Alex Grinch yet even. But for what for what the what was on the field tonight, I don't know right. that you can ask for a whole lot more from this defense in terms of they played with intensity, yeah. the, the defensive line absolutely set the tone. Um they held the neither quarterback for Stanford completed more than forty-five percent of their passes. Uh and mm-hmm.
1: And the, the only thing, thing I think was con- concerning from Stanford uh, and their production, uh, like I don't care that Stanford had 206 yards in the second half. I really don't. Uh, but the I think the only thing concerning about what they did was Lampson looked good on his feet. Mm-hmm. Uh, 16 carries, 36 yards, uh, a long of nine. So it was a bunch of just little things. Um, but Lampson is literally probably, as, as it stands now, And no disrespect to him, probably the worst quarterback SC will face all season. Yes. Yeah. So if he was able to, you know, find a couple of running lanes and he had, you know, a couple of them called back, but if he was able to have a couple of running lanes, what does that mean for Sanders and Penix and Knicks and Rising and uh, Moore and all those guys that you're going to face later on in the season? Um, But this is the defense that you just wanted to see stops from. They got a million stops in this game. They yeah. got, they, they wrecked havoc. I they think got it, off the field on third down, yes.
0: which is the thing that I'm yeah. continuing to ask for.
1: Yeah. By the way, in, in the chat, we've got a bunch of uh, suggestions for what to call a, not a shutout, but not allowing the touchdown. The iron cat says a zone out. I like that. I like no zone from no from zone Tom. from from Tom Hamburger, um, hamburger. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, I bet I bet I bet Tom um, gets that a lot. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sorry. Mari um, Fig says donut. It's called a donut. Um, yes, I think a donut could also go for a shutout though because of the little literal zero. So, but that could work. No zone. I, but like, how do you use no zone? They 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 completed the no zone. They completed the no zone. I don't know. I think I think zone out kind of works. Either have way, the zone out. E- either way, um, you know, I I don't think we should move the goalposts on what we want to see out of the defense. We no. we talked about we wanted to see improvement from last year, and we talked about ad nauseum all off season. The defense just had to get better. Mm-hmm. They had to get like. Seven points a game better, and if they did that, SC was going to be in position to go to the playoff potentially. Given how SC nearly got to the playoff with a historically bad defense last year, yes. this defense, as it stands, even though they've beaten up on bad teams the last two weeks, they look more than seven to five to seven points better. And so, why are we going to sit here and like, you know. Uh, hem and ha about like one play in the fourth quarter. You know yes. what I mean? The
0: the big thing for me just continues to be from from a personnel eye test. Like yes, there are gaps, schematic issues that I have. I'm still not convinced totally by the linebackers. That's that that's mm-hmm. just what it is. But from the the personnel eye test, that front seven, especially that front four or whatever number that USC. Uses on any given play mm-hmm. looks different than what USC has had in yeah. the past, and it starts with Bear Alexander, but Keon Bars was in there, get getting stops up the, up the middle. Um, the the guys on the edge are able to go out there and make plays. It it's just yeah. it's well, just an improvement that I can see with my eyeballs.
1: Yeah, and that that's hugely important, right? And I think it was RJ from USCfootball.com that tweeted something about like Stanford doesn't have uh like an FBS offensive line and that's probably true but like yeah. SC made them also not look like they have an FBS offensive line which yeah. is which is what you want. You you want um you know SC's uh you know ability to get to the quarterback uh be a thing. The 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 crazy thing is looking at the numbers uh defensively SC only got credit for one quarterback hurry and two sacks. Like if you just looked at those numbers, you wouldn't think it was that great of a dominant performance from the defensive line. Uh, but i, I assure sure it was. I've
0: never understood how they determine quarterback hurries. To be quite honest, yeah,
1: I, I because I, I can I, I don't tell know. you,
0: I can tell you for a certainty that uh, those quarterbacks were running for their lives. Yeah, for their lives. Right. They were hurried. <laughs> Many, many, many times. Yes. So I guess I suppose it's not a hurry if Lamson takes off and and runs, and he did that mm-hmm. sixteen times, and very few of those were designed. So right, you know, it's it's a it's a thing. But
1: yeah, uh, Randy in the chat says John Davis is looking like he's going to be I, hard to get him out of the lineup. And like I said, I, says that that Davis was decent today too.
0: Like I said, I am going to have to. Th- for those specific positions, I'm going to be looking very closely on my rewatch, mm-hmm. but to me, I, I continue to look at Rajon Davis as somebody that it still does not make sense to me that he didn't get playing time until it was absolutely necessary at the end of the season. Cause they literally didn't have any bodies. Mm-hmm. Um, he's too, he's, he's, he's athletic. He's out there. He's not making the big mistakes that we have seen many, many, many other linebackers at USC make. Uh, that's not to say that he's playing perfectly, but he's getting the job done in there. And, uh, I am very, very happy to see it. I'm also somewhat frustrated because he's still a young player, um, or he was a young player and USC could have gotten a lot of growing pains out of the way last year if they had just let him play.
1: Yeah. And
0: now I think that we're at the start of this season and it feels like okay, Braeon out there making plays. Still some growing pains, but like if USC had just given him the chance like he, that we would have been beyond the growing pains by now and he would just be he would just be the starter and it wouldn't even be a question, but that's sort of a that's going back to last season and and it, and it's sort of water under the bridge I suppose. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm I've been really happy with with Rayshon Davis. Um, uh, but it's still the biggest one of the bigger concerning, like the the positional concerns that I have for the defense. It's still that, and the injuries haven't helped um, create any clarity there. Uh, but it's also something that we're gonna have to find out. We're going to have to find out more. And again, we've said this a million times, but we were not going to find out anything in like particularly positive about the defense in these first few weeks. We were only well, going to find out bad things. And I think what we've ended up at is we're definitely not finding out as many bad things as i feared initially yeah. with after that first
1: performance well we we had said that the the defense wasn't going to be confirmed to be better but they could be confirmed to have not improved mm-hmm. um and i i think that yes uh, in terms of the idea that you need them to face a very good offense to really truly have confirmation i think that's true um but I just go back to, like, it. it is a step forward that they are making bad teams look bad because we, we just haven't seen that. I know I sound like a broken record at this point saying that, but, like, mm-hmm. that is the first step. That is not the ultimate step. Surely not. Yeah. Uh, but that is the first step. And so you just have to keep going good. Uh. And uh, Kenny says no touchdowns until the end. It's just insanely good. After yeah. the uh, San Jose State game, this is huge. It, Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Uh, we're going to take a quick break uh, and come back and talk more about uh, USC's win over Stanford. I want to get to some post-game quotes, uh, walk through Twitter a little bit and what the uh, reporters are saying about the post-game press conference, uh, and then take all of the questions that we've got here live on YouTube. There's a bunch of questions. Uh, be sure to pop your questions in the chat uh it uh it helps us out you can put the word question in front and uh we can go ahead and mark those and then get to them so uh yeah we'll be right back Alyssa, you know the only good thing about football season being over? There's literally nothing good about the football
0: season being over. It's just an endless wait until the fall.
1: See, that's where you're wrong. It's tournament season. The best way to take your mind off the endless wait.
0: That is true. I may not want to watch the men play, but the USC women are pretty awesome. Exactly, but it's not just SC.
1: There's high-stake basketball moments all over the country. But you know what? They get even better with prize picks. So
0: you're saying the only thing better than watching Juju Watkins is taking the more on Juju Watkins?
1: Bingo! You can now turn your hoops knowledge and love of Juju Watkins into serious cash. Because you can now win up to 100 times your money on prize picks with as little as four correct picks. Turn ten bucks into a thousand bucks with college basketball, NBA, and NHL entries. Best of all, Prize Picks lets you get on the action on more than thirty states across the country, including Texas, Georgia, and California. That sounds pretty good to me. Yeah, download the app today and use the code Reign of Troy for a first deposit match up to one hundred dollars.
0: That's the Prize Picks app with the code RAIN of Troy for the first deposit match of up, up to one hundred dollars. Pick more, pick less.
1: It's that easy. And we're back. Um, all right, Alicia. Let's get to the um, Pros game press conference. USC head coach Lincoln Riley talking to the media. Uh, first of all, he was he was dis- uh, this is from Shotgun Spratling. USC head coach Lincoln Riley was pretty dismissive of a question about his defense giving up two hundred and nine rushing yards uh, as uh, Stanford had ninety three rushing in the in the first half on nine carries. Thoughts there? you care?
0: Um no because again I'm I'm going with uh number one I think Philkins is is a is a is a guy who can be explosive and I am not surprised that he had mm-hmm. an explosive play so and, long 59 and EJ Smith is is a guy who can be explosive and and I'm not surprised that he had a 29 yard play yeah this the, the rushing stuff. Let's see, it's it's uh you do the math for me. Fifty-nine plus
1: twenty
0: nine plus twenty. Ninety eight. That that's ha- on three on three carries. That's half yeah. of the of the uh rushing gains. It it comes back to yeah. the reality of this defense is that's what they are. They're gonna give up an explosive rushing play here right. or there. That's going to happen. Is it okay? Like
1: that, that's the odds you're playing by being so aggressive. Yes.
0: Right? Now, would I prefer for USC to be have a Georgia level defense where we don't have to excuse the occasional 59 yard rushing play. Absolutely. Yes. I want to be there, but right. I'm also realistic. USC's not there. They're they, this, this defense ain't it. it, yeah. it they're not, they're not going to be that. So don't like, I, I'm not going to sit here and say like, Oh no, it's unacceptable that uh, the occasional big rushing play is going to happen. Like, no, I'm realistic. The occasional big rushing play will happen. The important thing that I saw in this game was that big rushing play happened. USC had guys able to cover it to stop it from turning into a touchdown. And then they went ahead and made the stops that stopped it from being a touchdown on the drive. Like that's that's what I need from this defense. I, I told you um at some point, like for for USC defense coming in this year with the offense that's on the other that that's that's available to them on the other side, I will take field goals on every single drive. Yeah, I will give up yeah. a field goal on well, every single drive and be the odds extremely are, happy about it. That's you, you perfectly can, fine.
1: Because if you pair this with the offense, SC's probably scoring more than that on offense. Yes. Yeah. So, even, even against the better teams. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: Now, now, USC's defense still needs to prove that they can do what they did with Stanford here, where they give right. up that big play and then they get the stop anyways. Mm-hmm. That they can do that against a Colorado or a Notre Dame or a Utah. All those things. They need to prove it. Right. but they haven't played those teams yet, and they're not going to play those teams yet, and I don't yeah. have any other control about it, so that's fine. Um, yeah, you
1: know, yeah, we 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 will see. SC gets ASU on the road in two weeks, followed by Colorado, and on also on the road. Uh, off week next bye week next week, followed by two straight road games. So we'll see what SC looks like uh, in white jerseys and how they fare that way. Um, Shotgun also tweets uh, USC head coach Lincoln Riley on developing a killer instinct. "Quote: A team has to have a killer instinct to reach its potential." I I agree. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Agreement all around.
0: Yes, but and that's that is what I, that's another hurdle that the defense has to pass for me, which is something that we've talked about in the past about how. I can live with USC winning a game 45 to 40 so long as the defense gets the stop in the fourth quarter that mm-hmm. allows them to win that game. Right. And they didn't get that stop against Utah last year in Salt Lake City, and they didn't get that stop against Tulane in the Cotton Bowl, and they didn't get that stop in the Pac-12 title game. So those are things that that had to be fixed and that's what I want to see from the defense this th- this year. Yeah, That was not a scenario that we had to encounter tonight, thankfully. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the jury is still going to be out on that.
1: Right. Yeah, 100%. Uh, Shotgun's next suite. Uh, USC head coach Lincoln Riley says he was disappointed in the second offensive line group. He added, quote, the score is irrelevant. That's why we challenged that last touchdown. Uh, we don't want give, to give anybody uh, an inch. The score mean, uh, being irrelevant, meaning the I think the... The score of the game, not the score meaning the touchdown. But yeah, the score of the
0: game. I I'm I'm glad we got to this quote because I, or this tweet in general because I think that this is a topic that um that I think you sort of have to you have to address. The second half is disappointing from a USC perspective. I know we talked in, we talked earlier that it, I, I don't care. It doesn't really matter. That's that's very true. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like you want your backups. How did Oregon end up scoring 80 points on Portland State? Because their second and third string guys went out and scored touchdowns. Yeah. And I want to see USC's second and third string guys go out and score touchdowns because I think they're capable and talented enough to do that. Mm -hmm. And the question is, why couldn't they do that? And I think...
1: Well, not to cut you off there, uh, but Cameron asks... How do you feel about the second team offense in the second half? I was kind of disappointed in them, except for Deuce Robinson. Uh, and then Lamont says, What did you think of the Miller Moss performance tonight? I'm not a fan. I was not a fan. His sort of first couple drives let the air out of the building and kind of killed the flow. Should have been a 70 point game. So um, keep going on what you're saying.
0: Yeah, I think that USC doesn't have good offensive line depth. And that is probably the thing that hurts the hurts Miller time the most is mm-hmm. that uh, that the the offensive line when you get away from sort of the top six guys the the drop off is, is is stark. Yeah. Um, at the same time, I have felt this going back to the Pac-12 title game. Um, my feeling at the time, and I'm pretty sure I expressed it was if Lincoln Riley trusted Miller Moss to be a quarterback at USC for his offense for real life, um, he would have put him in there after seeing Caleb be incapable of moving around for multiple drives in that game. Um, and the fact that he didn't told me a lot about where Miller Moss stands in sort of a, a reality for USC. Um, I, would I don't think Miller Moss is a viable candidate to be a full-time starter at USC. I don't think he has the the skill set that Lincoln Riley really thrives with in the in the offense. Not that he can't be a, a perfectly fine quarterback, but when you're talking about a USC team that aspires, I think, to scoring 60 points a game, you need a quarterback who has something extra, something special about him. And and I I'm sorry. I wish this wasn't the case. I just don't. I just don't. I don't see that spark. I I, I don't. I don't see it for Miller Moss, and that's fine because he's the backup quarterback. And and mm-hmm. I don't think that's the intention necessarily for for I, well, him to be anything particularly special for USC. But I I do think. He's, I do he's think he's in a when tough you, spot, though, isn't he? He's in a tough spot, but it, when you give he's, him, he's
1: he's got Caleb Williams to to be compared to.
0: Yes. Okay. Fine. Let's compare. Let's not compare him to Caleb Williams. Sure. He gets a full half of football mm-hmm. to go out there and put points on the board.
1: And I actually scored seven yeah. at the
0: very end. I. That,
1: yeah, it, you gotta it,
0: do. You just gotta do more than that. I'm no, sorry. I I'm, I'm I not... agree.
1: I d- I don't disagree. Yeah. Um. To to your point about the conference championship game, and I'm not going to rehash that argument. Uh, I still think that that there's a difference between trusting in in Lincoln Riley, trusting in Mer- Miller Moss, and then trusting in Miller Moss more than he trusts Caleb Williams. Like those are two different on things. one leg. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and again, and, and I, I and I said at the time, like I get why you don't make that change. That's that's yeah. that's I get it. Right. If there was more to the trust level for between Lincoln Riley and Miller Moss, we would have seen Miller Moss.
1: Sure. And, I, I I just yeah. think that I think there was a lot of trust shown tonight by getting him to start the half. I like yeah. that. I love that. Yeah. Um. I get why I, I put this on Twitter on the the account that like I I understand why. Um, why coaches Lincoln Riley included usually want their um their quarterback to have the first drive of the third quarter. It's about finishing off the drive. It's about the idea of like continuing and you know, restarting the game and pretending as if you're going into the second half full bore and continuing and and all those things. I get it. And maybe this is a completely different game in the second half. If Caleb Williams does come out and they score another touchdown in the second half uh, to start the second half, and maybe Stanford's spirit breaks even further. Or so. I don't know. You, you, can, you can argue any of those things, right? Um, but I do think that there's a lot of merits that you can get out of going to, to Miller Moss at halftime and saying, hey, this is your game. This is, go start the second half as if you are starting the, the, the game. And so you know they they talked about it on on the TV broadcast tonight that uh, Troy Taylor was telling his team at halftime that, you know, we're going to pretend it's 0-0, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you did that, hey, it was 7-7 at the end of the game. And if you're Stanford, you probably feel good about that second half. Absolutely. And, and, and if you're, you should. You should if yes, you're Stanford, right? But
0: if, but if you're USC and you're being honest, you're not satisfied with that second half. Yes, then...
1: but isn't that, like, isn't that sort of a good thing, too? Yeah. That, like, you can you can have this game where you played the best half that any of us have ever seen in the history of football in the first half. And then you can even sit here and like have any sort of complaints about the game at all? Like yeah. it just it keeps you hungry for next week, right? Yeah. Like yeah. um and I think that co- we know that coaches are always always looking for their team to be uh looking for their coaches are always looking for the team to be doubted. They're looking for a blemish. They're looking for any of those things as a motivational factor, as a way to continue to coach, as a way to continue to provide a lesson, any of those things. Those things are here in the second half, even though SC played a perfect first half.
0: And and I want to be totally fair to Miller Moss, too. His development has been stunted by USC's inability to have more games like this. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, he didn't get to come in at the end of games last year when USC had—when USC was— Pulling away from opponents because USC wasn't pulling away from the, from opponents because the defense wasn't letting them do it, and the year before he certainly wasn't given that opportunity because USC mm-hmm. was couldn't even beat opponents. So I like I'm not I I I, I want to be fair to Miller Moss, and I think that the best thing about all of this is that USC is in a position where they can start the second half with the backup quarterback out mm-hmm. there with all of the backups on both sides of the ball getting reps yeah. and those reps in the end are going to help the further development of both sides of the ball in the future. Rajon Davis is another good example of, you know, I was complaining about like, why wasn't Rajon Davis playing? Well, Rajon Davis would have had a whole lot more, uh, reps last year. If USC had, blown a few games open and had an opportunity to right. clear off the benches and let guys like Rajon mm-hmm. Davis come in and get and get snaps. so USC's inability to have these kinds of games in the past stunted the development of a lot of players and it's nice now that USC is doing this so that the future development of players right. is, is, is taken I, care
1: of. I, I will say um, and maybe re this game will change my opinion of this but I have a hard time putting all of the blame on this on the second half having one score in it. Uh a score that literally came in the dying seconds of the of the game. Of putting it all on the on the quarterback. Oh no, like, I'm not
0: putting it on I mean I, I, I know you're upset, not, but the, I'm just, the offensive I'm just saying, line I'm, was not as good I'm, I'm, for I'm Miller saying, Moss as it so. was for Caleb and Caleb Williams is also yeah. able to, to deal with a an offensive line breakdown more dynamically than uh than Miller Moss as well, which is part of the skill set.
1: Yeah. Uh, anyways, I want to give a big shout out to uh, Irvine Cattle Ranch for hey. uh, a super chat. It says, thank you for all the great shows. Fight on and beat the Irish. Thank you. Irvine Cattle Ranch over here getting ahead of themselves. Yes. <laughs> like I was, three
0: more games. Hold on. Hold on. I was watching uh, the Colorado game this morning, uh, Colorado, Nebraska, and I was commenting on things that USC should be aware of for when they go play Colorado Mm-hmm. Uh, and like I had people coming in my mentions going like, you know, let's take care of business, and you know, we've got Stanford and Arizona first. There's Arizona State first. I'm like, yeah, I know.
1: You're, you're not the coaching staff.
0: <laughs> like I'm aware. <laughs> like it's okay if we're if if you're, you're excited.
1: You're, you're not suiting up.
0: No. <laughs> It's okay if we're looking ahead to teams like Colorado and Notre right. Dame. That's that. That's well, as a fan, you're perfectly fine to be looking ahead to those things.
1: Half half the mentions today, uh, for most of the day, has been, I don't know, are you worried about the Colorado game? What do you think about the Colorado game? Uh, the Colorado game's looking a lot different, isn't it? Like, yeah. So a- half the mentions are that. So yeah. obviously, yeah, uh, that is going to be something that uh, ends up getting mentioned. Uh, David in the chat, uh, so did USC cover? Yes. Uh, I just pulled it up right now. The numbers. It was uh, 28 points. Yeah, and SC did cover. But I saw that the over did not hit, which can you imagine at halftime? You you would have thought for sure the over, you were yeah, money. <laughs> the over was 69 and a half points. It ended up being 66 total points. <laughs> that's well, that's a okay. rough beat.
0: To be fair, if you were taking the over, which is which is always a smart bet when you're dealing with USC, you were sort of banking on the USC defense breaking down much more than it did. So, sure,
1: but it also like SC was gonna get there themselves.
0: Yeah, USC almost got there They should have almost gotten there themselves, and then and then Stanford like USC's defense decided to show up and stop Stanford from doing anything. So
1: right. yeah. you know hmm. Yeah. Uh, Cigar says, "What what was the attendance? Sixty seven thousand two hundred and thirteen. But I have will we say,
0: figured out what the what the attendance that they're selling is? They didn't um, announce it as I I don't know. I so should so look, know It,
1: it's... it sh- might be in the game notes um, because we talked about this earlier. I don't think it's seventy seven five. Like, no, because they like it was supposed to be. Yeah, but there were fewer tarps in the Coliseum this week. Oh, were there? Um, I did see. I." You know, did not go to the game this way. The car cast was, you know, live right after the game. Uh, but it did look to me like um, there were significantly more people there. Because uh, we've talked about it before. My problem has not been, like, the total attendance. It's been the empty seats. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, when you see games, tickets on sale at, on StubHub for 12 bucks. That's because those tickets are already accounted for in the attendance; they've already been purchased. Uh, those are resale tickets, and it's the the people just not coming and having empty seats that has been sort of the thing that sort of bugged me. And a bunch of empty seats, in addition to you know not more people buying. But if you had like sixty two thousand people last week, and every single person attended, it would have looked incredibly different. Yeah, tonight's game sixty seven thousand is paid attendance. It looked it really looked like it was way more full. And I think that you kind of saw that because the resale market was significantly higher than like the thirteen dollar tickets against Nevada. So um yeah, yeah, more more people were heading to the Coliseum tonight, the which is a good thing. It it looked like a raucous, you know, atmosphere. They had those drones tonight that looked cool. Yeah, that um, did look cool. Yeah, so uh, Berto says, hey guys, so excited to watch a CarCast this season. First time I've caught you live. Fight on. Welcome. Yeah, welcome Good to have you.
0: Welcome to you and, and uh, glad to have you and welcome to any other first time viewers. Uh, yeah. We're here every week. <laughs> so, Three times a week. Yeah, four can, times
1: a week if you're a member. If you're, if you, can, you're, yeah. you can join us here as a membership on YouTube and get uh, access to our Thursday night Uh, right after dark episodes so this
0: is this is your reminder to smash that like button Mm -hmm. and hit the subscribe button ring the bell ring the bell and uh and and then think about uh think about becoming a member as well because there's more where that came from
1: yeah the membership 4.99 a month you can not only get access to our thursday night right after dark episodes but you get to access to our discord which has been absolutely hopping
0: today hopping
1: all day yeah Hundred percent. Uh Berno says though, uh, was Stanford a better team last season? I think so. Um, mostly because and maybe this is splitting hairs, but like they lost a lot of talent. They had five different dudes that were drafted yeah. from last season. They lost a whole bunch of guys in the transfer portal. There was a reason that David Shaw was is not there anymore. Okay. Um it's you know, he stepped away, I think, technically on his own terms, but Let's be honest. If he was winning games, he'd probably still be there. Uh, but it's also new, new. Anytime
0: there's a new coaching staff, mm-hmm. um, it's a new system. Yeah, the the learning curve is is there. So yeah, it, it'll it'll, it'll take a bit. And Stanford definitely has worse quarterback than they did last year because Tanner, Tanner McKee, McKee was Tanner, was Tanner McKee could he got play. Drafted. Yeah. So yeah. yeah that that's a that's a big big factor too.
1: Yeah, uh, Trevor says my only reaction is Stanford is literally the only team in the Pac-12 that fights for the bottom. Stanford likely won't win a single game in conference. Seriously, zero. Looking at it as it stands right now, I think Stanford is definitively the twelfth team in the conference. Well, when you yeah.
0: consider when you consider what
1: everybody else what is better than has been doing, yeah. yeah,
0: and I I think that. ASU is still a little bit of the wild card of mm-hmm.
1: I don't really know what they what, are yet. What
0: are they? Yeah. But uh but to, to me Stanford's just not Stanford's just not a good team. And I I don't say that to take anything away from from this game. I had so much fun watching this game. Like it was very 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 mm-hmm. very thrilling to see USC just absolutely put their throat, put on uh, put their foot on an, uh, an opponent's throat and just yeah. be that much better than them. But they are that much better than Stan- than, than Stanford, and we, we should expect this. And I think that, uh, as, as Kenneth in the chat says, you know, USC will beat ASU. Yeah, USC should go to ASU and take care of business against ASU. And mm-hmm. if they don't, then we'll have that conversation, but they should.
1: Right. Yeah, 100%. And looking at the conference, I think that it's... Y- Everybody but Stanford and ASU, I think, are going to give could give anybody trouble right now, and that's a hell of a thing to say about the conference. It's in a really, well, really good spot.
0: Well, you'd look at Washington State pulled off a, a win over Wisconsin today.
1: Back to back years, they beat they beat the uh, the Badgers.
0: Cal did they? Cal should have beaten Auburn. They, did they, they lose a, that game? They missed. They lost that game, missing a million field goals, apparently.
1: Yeah, pulling uh, up the stats now. They lost fourteen ten. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So. Uh,
1: four. Yeah. Three missed field goals. Yeah. Jeez.
0: In, in a in a four point loss. So.
1: Yeah. I don't know how I feel about her kicker ne- being named Luckhurst. By the way.
0: Well, when like he misses it, three it, field goals, that is, that's is, it, is it definitely bad luck a problem. Hurst? It might the, be bad. It's uh, luck bad
1: Luckhurst. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Uh, remember Murray says, based on what we know now, how do we fare against Colorado in a few weeks? As it stands now, I don't think there's a a defense in the world that can stop SC. Uh, I think that means that SC is going to be favored to win every game the rest of the the way. The the
0: fun thing even against Notre Dame. The fun thing about Colorado is that uh, the next couple of weeks will be, we'll learn more and more about Colorado. One of the problems is that. we look at, at at TCU and Nebraska, and those are very, very flawed teams. And mm-hmm. Colorado has been very impressive in taking care of those teams, especially this was, was a 1-11 team last year, so the turnaround is real. And their offensive weapons are absolutely dangerous enough that they should worry USC mm-hmm. to a point. USC's defense as we know it. But when it comes down to it... If Colorado's giving up thirty six points to Nebraska and forty five points to TCU, then there is no reason that USC can't put up fifty as well. So I think that game is probably much more of a shootout than Well,
1: Colorado scored thirty six points. They only allowed 14. Well
0: they only allowed to Nebraska, that's right. They they gave yeah. forty two points to, to TCU. But
1: yeah. um I, I I think that Colorado is capable of um, you know, having uh, it is a home game at at Folsom Field that's probably going to be the most raucous Folsom Field crowd in like 20 years and for that it might be an environment that's a, a little tough for SC mm-hmm. and we're going to talk about this more later on this month obviously as we as we prep for that game but I think that environment is going to be tough and we talked about it before when do good teams lose? They lose on the road against great teams lose on the road against good teams yeah. In college football. So I, I'm i not going to sit here and say that there's no way that SC is going to lose that game. I probably thought that in the offseason. Absolutely. Uh, Colorado has done a lot in the last two weeks to kind of have everybody eat a little bit of crow that way. But
0: the thing is, you can lose games to teams that have playmakers. And yes.
1: Colorado. Case in point last year in Arizona. Right. Yeah. Yeah. SC nearly lost the game against Arizona. Why? Because Jaden Delar was making plays. Dorian Singer was making plays.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely.
1: Why did he lose to, to Oregon State in 2008? The Rodgers brothers Rogers were brothers making plays. Exactly.
0: Right. And if nothing else, the one thing that seems to be very certain about Colorado is that Shredder Sanders can make plays. Uh, right. Edwards, the running back, can make plays. And um, Travis Hunter can make and plays. And Travis Hunter can certainly make plays. Right. So uh, that is where a defense could get... Uh, could get in trouble, especially a defense like USC's that just needs one yeah. play to give up a big play. But like I, that's where you can get into trouble. But that's why you need to rely on your your offense yeah. to, to play up to their standard. And
1: uh Yeah, and yeah. I th- I think we will learn more about uh about the buffs when they go to Austin in a couple weeks.
0: Well, we're gonna know a little bit more about them when they play Colorado State next year. It's a next week, it's a the game day game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, yes, they're going to go to Odson. We're going to see them play against Bo Nix and the Oregon offense. Right. And we're going to get to actually what's really going to be intriguing about this game is we're going to get to see them go against the Oregon offense, which is a very, very good Pac-12 offense. Not as good as USC's, in my opinion, but very good. Uh, and then also we're going to get to see them go against the Oregon defense, which is more, I think, reliable than USC's is. Right. But that is not an elite defense so we will see a little bit closer to what you what usc's defense might expect from uh from what colorado is capable of
1: mm-hmm. by the way colorado states did not play this week they lost to washington state last week 50 to 24 weird schedule they play at hawaii but they're not taking advantage of a 13th game so this was their bye week um okay not sure why they didn't play a week zero game but okay um, all right uh, Buro says Oregon's looking shaky Utah's looking shaky I don't know are we in for a Washington USC pac 12 championship game I think it's too early is Utah looking shaky uh they look like what Utah looks like on the road which is susceptible to losing games um, you- but they but until they look like that at home I don't think you can you can count Utah outs Utah this is how Utah looks. Especially early in the year and on the road.
0: And without like, Cam, again, they,
1: they've been too good for too many years to, to doubt them.
0: Cam Rising is an exceptional Pac 12 quarterback. Right. Cam Rising, when healthy, deserves to be talked about in the conversation mm-hmm. with Michael Penix and Bo Nix and Caleb Williams as the best quarterbacks in the Pac 12. Yeah, He might not be the pro prospect that Michael Penix is, but he is a gamer and a half. Mm -hmm. And they are a different team when he's playing. Until he is on the field for Utah, I am not judging what Utah does, especially on the road. Yeah. Which we we know when they're away from home, they are a much diminished team. Mm -hmm. For Utah, if you are Utah right now, all you care about is do you get the W? Because until Caleb Williams comes, I mean, until Cam Rising comes back, right? Nothing matters except for scraping by. And then when Rising is back, uh, leading that team, then we'll see what Utah's ceiling is.
1: Yeah. Uh, by the way, we got a message from Josh. It says, Oregon struggled big time today. I don't think Oregon. I, I yeah, Oregon nearly lost against Texas Tech. But yeah, I go back to w- w- great college football teams or good whatever words you want to use lose on the road against decent teams and texas tech was a decent pretty decent team last year i think that's a that's a tough environment for them to be uh in and texas tech you know bouncing after bouncing back after a weird road game that they had lost to wyoming at seven thousand feet of elevation which is weird right like yeah but this is why college football is weird. Yes, college football is weird. And this um, is why
0: you also don't, like, <laughs> be wary of judging, like, oh, this team did this to this team. And, yeah. Like, uh, it's like, well, yeah, Texas Tech lost to Wyoming. Wyoming plays at 7,000 feet yeah. elevation. Like, it's Texas Tech is not a good enough team to right. overcome the weirdness of playing, at, you know, at elevation. Um, but the, But I will admit, it was a weird game. It was a, i I'm not sure why mm-hmm. Oregon wasn't able to pull away, and I wish I had been able to watch that game more closely. Mm-hmm. But it was on at the same time as Alabama, Texas. We'll watch Texas, the replay at some and point. I was working, so yeah. you know, I I would like to to get a little bit of a, a better understanding of like exactly why that game was as close as it was.
1: Yeah, because well, looking at it, it doesn't make any sense to me. No, because Oregon was Texas getting Tech turnovers turning the ball over. Yeah, and Bonix Oregon never wasn't, turned it over. Yeah,
0: like I, 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 it just I didn't w- watch it. It's so. a weird. It, it was a weird game. But like I said at the start, it was a weird weekend. There weren't very right. many upsets in college football this weekend, but there were weird games that didn't make sense. That good teams were having trouble with bad teams, and it was like, what is going on? Right. So,
1: yeah. Yeah, and uh, so. SC's in a spot where next week will be a bye bye week, of course, that we mentioned. Uh, Lamont says, I'm not a fan of the bye week, especially when the defense is starting to roll. What do you think? Uh, And then there was a uh, comment in the chat from Matthew who says, to be fair, preseason, I thought this was a terrible week for a bye week also. So, yeah, I think the, the tough part about this upcoming bye week for SC's is that it's followed by nine straight games. I don't think, like the The problem with it being th- with the this bye week is that the the next bye week is Thanksgiving week after you play your twelve regular season games, which splits the season into three games and nine games rather than splitting into like three five and four or something like that right
0: if, if i if I were in charge mm-hmm. I would take the Arizona game on October seventh and I would that up to this week and have usc play this coming week then arizona state then colorado then bye then notre dame
1: Mm -hmm. obviously easier said than done
0: that's if i were capable of
1: doing that first of all you know whose fault this is it's it's john mckay's fault (laughs) john mckay just had to move the the notre dame rivalry uh to october because if the game was in November last game of the year. You would have had and uh, see would have had the bye week in the middle of the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, everything would have made sense. Yeah,
0: but you really want to go to South Bend, uh, no. November twenty seventh no. no. or whatever. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, it's not a good it's not a good week for a bye week. It you know what it does? What it it feels like this freaking international break in 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 yes. soccer where it's like you yeah. just started the season. You've done like three games of the season. Yeah. You're ramped up, and then suddenly like,
1: some of us need our teams to take a week off. Well.
0: Yeah, some yeah. some of us. Yeah, I'm looking at you. Um but on the other hand, more time to get the linebackers healthy, I guess, mm-hmm. is, is Yeah. Positive.
1: That's a good one. More more time to get hopefully SC can get Mason Cobb back. Mm-hmm. Um I think that's going to be a plus potentially. Maybe these next couple weeks if you get Mason Cobb back. Uh with the idea that the defense is starting to to jowl and I, I don't know that the pause that the bye week affects the defense a little too much yeah you want to ke- keep the the momentum going but I think you can I think you can keep that going and sort of practice and also um you know gear up for the for the road game if anything I think that the problem is the bye week followed by two straight road games um I almost wish that SC was playing a road game next week followed by a bye week followed by a road game mm-hmm. rather than having off bye bye. So no, sorry, bye bye road road. road road. Yeah, yeah, like that's a weird dynamic. But um, I don't know. Lamont says Pac-12 takes every opportunity to screw us whenever they can. I would agree with that, but in this case, it's literally SEC's fault uh, because of having to cater for the to the name rivalry. Yeah, um, that's that's the problem here because. Uh, the Notre Dame game normally, if that game is the week of, uh, is week th- three, which is uh, a normal spot to have a non-con game, then your bye week is in the middle of the season, and everything would have worked out fine. Um, but I think it's the it's the addition of the week zero game, uh, which was SC's decision to do that. Like that wasn't the Pac-12's doing. Um, and then having the Notre Dame game being what it is makes it a little difficult as well so yeah uh, Kenny says can we just seriously celebrate this offensive and defensive performance USc is one of the premier com- com- teams in the country which is awesome absolutely yes um where do we think that SD goes in the polls this week um you think there's any movement there uh, SC uh, at sixth currently no. I think they were they were passed by Florida State last week
0: Yes. Um but stayed static because LSU moved back and I think that's going to happen again. Um Bama's going to go back and Texas, Texas will is going to jump forward. Yeah. My question is I think I think the voters are ridiculous if they don't put Texas ahead of Ohio State. Um, the if this game wasn't a 7:30 game, mm-hmm. I think there would have been a, pot- a sort of a possibility of USC getting the, like, damn, that offense is really good bump over Ohio State, who has looked unimpressive in their first couple of weeks. Sure. Um, and still Kyle McCord and the quarterback situation, Ohio State is still like, uh, is is he the guy? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think there could be an argument of USC moving ahead of Ohio State. I just don't think it's going to happen. Uh, Ohio State hasn't done anything to warrant – like only beating Youngstown State 35 to 7 is not a good reason to move Ohio State you know back yeah. especially when USC is beating up on a very very bad Stanford team
1: but it's still Stanford whereas Ohio State played Youngstown
0: mhm yeah Penn
1: State played Delaware those are FCS teams yeah uh i think i think that could play a factor here Realistically, I do not care about these early polls, especially because it's so hard to gauge cuz so many of these teams haven't played anybody. And the early
0: polls the, the polls don't like moving you unless you win a ranked game or lose. Right.
1: And realistically, you can make a sound argument that Florida State or Texas should be number 1 because
0: cuz they've actually been They've, done, that, and and they've geor- done something you know, Georgia and, and Georgia and hasn't and or not well, like, yeah.
1: You can make that argument if if yeah. you're if you make your poll strictly on resume, then Texas is going to get number one. In, um, yeah, in, in week votes. two
0: when nobody has nobody right. has. Because you can a, argue a that Texas's
1: win is the best win that anyone has had this yeah. year, Le- which Lamont, it
0: probably is. Lamont in the chat says, "Watch them put Texas over us. Texas should absolutely should be. be ahead of USC. Yeah, Texas should take Alabama's place. Like that, they should just. It should go to three flip. Yeah,
1: I I think the, or or four. I
0: think they should be three or four. I. As I I wrote I wrote something about this on fansided.com. Um, I expect Florida State to stay where they are, and I expect uh, to to sort of move up, and I expect Texas to go to number four. I think you can make an argument for Texas being three, for Florida State being three, whichever way you want to do it. Yeah. Uh, but those two teams have actually won games, and they deserve those spots. Georgia and Michigan are just teams that are grandfathered in for very good reason because they mm-hmm. can, they are very good teams who will be competing for not, for the for the college football playoff. Um, and everybody else will get there when, like, you know, as you're, as, you're Derek, as Derek in the up. chat says, it doesn't matter; just keep winning and you'll get there. Yeah, if USC goes through their schedule and wins the games they need to win, right? It won't it won't matter what the rankings look like. As of now, Texas has an extremely impressive win going into Tus- Tuscaloosa and beating Alabama. Right. And right now I cannot say with any certainty that USC could do the same. So I'm not going to argue that USC should be ahead of Texas.
1: Yeah. I, I think as the eye test goes, if you t- if you, if I watched the USC game right now and you said, okay, where do you think they should be ranked? I would say they're definitely a top five team. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're a yeah they're I think they're a top four team. I think you can but, make the but argument. It, it, this goes back to what we've talked about before. Is like for years, there's a difference between looking like what we think a top four team is, and then them actually being one. Because these polls are three dimensional. Mm-hmm. Like the 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 if the other schools factor in here, um, and I think the way you laid it out, I think yeah, SC being number five kind of makes the most sense. Uh, you keep Georgia and Michigan where they are uh you put texas at three and florida state at four the two teams that have the most impressive wins on the season um and then the next tier of uh of teams that you think that should be very good but in the grand scheme of things have been relatively untested at least compared to florida state and texas are ohio state sc penn state and washington Mm sc is probably the best of those of that group so you put them at five yeah but if they're at six, guess what? I do not care. Yeah. Don't care. It's too early. Um, Kenny says SC would put up 30 or more on Bama. I think they would. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but, but how many but would they give Bama up is the question. would put up
0: 30 or more on USC as well. Yeah. Even with, like. I, I think SC even puts with up Jaylen borderline or...
1: 40 points on anybody in the country right now.
0: Yes. The, 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 the great equalizer is, I think, most of the top teams in the country can put up 40 on USC as well. So
1: in until that's proven otherwise yes yeah. uh, in sc's favor um sc gets uh colorado will face a more than likely i guess i guess depending on what happens to colorado or an oregon is a very good chance that sc is going to face a ranked colorado team on the road that will look very good for the resume even but if colorado ends up being bad like, e- even if the, this first two weeks is a fluke, there's a very good chance that they are clinging to a ranked spot uh, when key, SC faces them, which would be good for the resume.
0: Low-key, what would be potentially potentially good for, for USC would be Colorado beating Oregon, and then USC playing a now very highly ranked Colorado team, beating them, and then Oregon goes ahead and beats Washington a couple weeks later and then uh by the time that USC plays Oregon, Oregon is back up to being highly ranked. <laughs> so, but this this is sort of what I imagine the the Pac-12 um Everyone's going to probably the, end up beating the, it, gonna each be other. It's going to be like out. a round robin of right. Oregon's going to beat Washington, Washington's going to beat Utah, Utah's going to beat USC, USC's going to beat uh you know, beat Oregon and and sort of go all it's going to be a merry-go-round, so.
1: Yeah. SC's got too many big games on the schedule uh later on in the year uh, for them not to get their opportunities to uh to move up. So absolutely uh that will those opportunities will be there. Uh Jason in the chat says how responsible is coaching for playing your back to backup quarterback playing to your backup quarterback's strengths? You've got to play to their strengths. Um yeah, but
0: you also got to run your offense as sure. you sort of intend to run your offense. So.
1: Yeah, I, I think when you when you look at, you know, what SC was doing with, with Miller Moss in the game, yeah, they, they weren't necessarily expecting him to be Caleb Williams out there, but I think that yeah. you want to be able to run the ball effectively. Um, And running the ball effectively in the second half was something that SC sort of struggled to do, uh, which they were able to do pretty well in the first half. In the second half, SC ran the ball... Where is it? Uh, 11 times for 47 yards. 4.3 yards per carry. That's not terrible, but compare that to the first half when they averaged 7.8 yards per carry. So they were just able to run the ball more effectively in, in the first half. Um, Kenny says USC and Washington will be the best teams in the conference. I I wouldn't bet against it. Um, Angelo says Colorado will lose at Austin, Probably. That would be my guess. Yeah, yeah probably. Yeah. Um and Matthew says, "Well, our schedule: one loss is a guaranteed playoff spot; two losses is out."
0: I agree with Matt with That's, Matthew. It it does.
1: That seems like a good bet.
0: There, there's potentially a scenario where that gets very complicated, uh, depending on what Texas and Florida State and Michigan. So, so mm-hmm. like the problem right now is that if the top four teams won out then you would have have a situation where, yeah, one loss Pac-12 champion gets gets left out because Georgia can win out, Florida State can win out, Michigan can win out, and Texas can win out, and they don't play each other, and they all just sort of go. But realistically, we've all seen enough college football to understand that most teams will not go undefeated. And so when it comes to to USC and this schedule, yeah, a one loss USC that is a Pac-12 champion – I would say has probably a ninety percent chance, short of a doomsday scenario where mm-hmm. all the other conference champions are undefeated, which generally doesn't happen.
1: Yeah, the, uh, that they're in the the two times the Pac-12 has had a one-loss team uh, through the Pac-12 championship game, they've gotten into the playoff. Yes, um, I think that bodes well for the for whoever it is that makes it out of the the conference, whether it's SC, Washington, Oregon, Utah, Oregon State, whoever. Uh, but at the same time, it all depends on what happens. Florida State has a cakewalk. If Michigan's truly the best team in the Big Ten and they end up undefeated, and Georgia goes undefeated, I don't know. Like you, Notre Dame goes undefeated uh, with their mm-hmm. only win over SC. Then, like then, there's no way in. Yeah, then it gets. It, complicated. it all depends. You can only control what you control, which yeah. is SC's bye week this week, followed by. Uh, ASU on the road next week. So uh, that's how it goes Uh, for us. We will be back on Monday Monday, to have our Stanford Fallout episode. There will be no preview episode because USC does not play a game next week. Uh, So we will be previewing nobody on Wednesday. But on Thursday, we will have a Rod after dark Thursday night, 9 p.m. for our members only. Now is the best time for you guys to join us. Uh, If you're watching here on YouTube, if you're on a computer, that's the easiest way to join. Uh, If you're on the phone, I I still don't know if you can join on the phone. There should be a way. Uh, But you can go in there, uh, hit the little join button that's underneath us somewhere over here, and for $4.99 a month you get to join the Rot Squad, which allows you access to all of our bonus episodes, uh, which usually happens on Thursday nights for Rot After Dark. Uh, You get to also join our Discord uh, and uh, talk with all the other fellow rotbots and rot squadsmen and women. And uh, that doesn't that doesn't roll. <laughs> rot squatters?
0: Rot squad members. There we squad go. Squad members. Yes. Yeah.
1: So you can you can join us for that. All of um, the people in the rot squad. There you go. Uh, I am wanting to do a game show on Thursday night. So if you're in the rot squad and you want to participate, let us know. If you're not in the Rot Squad, now's the opportunity to get in and maybe compete in said game show. Uh, Also, our Thursday night shows are call-in shows, so you get to call in live, talk to us live, which are cool. Um, We got a uh, comment from USMNT442 that says, thanks for the car cast. I want to give a huge shout-out to uh, USMNT442, by the way. Delivering some of the best Comments that we've ever received on YouTube that we've gotten from this person recently. I just want to read some of them to you guys. Um, Alicia, are you ready for this? I'm ready. Um One day ago, I live for the Michael food takes in the episodes. <laughs> I have no idea how he's made it this far being this picky, but more power to him. What a nice <laughs> thing to say. That is a nice thing to say. How about this one from eight hours ago? I nearly spat my drink (laughs) when Michael said cheddar and broccoli for a backup flavor Hot Pocket. I totally did not expect anything green to be his preference. (laughs) Are you kidding me? You're a broccoli boy. (laughs) I'm a big broccoli boy. Huge broccoli boy. That's me. That's me. So... All right, I, I think that's going to wrap up the 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 card cast. As always, uh, give us a call on the rave line, which is wide open. Uh, you know, everybody calls in for the rant lines, but the rave lines don't always, not always, not always ringing off the hook. Which means now is your opportunity eight one eight six four three seven two two seven. Uh, for you to call in, uh, to the rave line, have your say about USC's big win tonight. And um, yeah, and then we'll be back Monday night, 5 p.m. live here on YouTube. Oh. Uh, any any thoughts as our as uh, our I, special co-host I, has I, realized I, that it's time to get a walk?
0: Yeah, I think our special co-host is saying that. Uh, hey, usually you take me out an hour ago. What's 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 happening?
1: <laughs> it's gonna be great when the the special co-host um soils the studio someday. <laughs> I. I honestly,
0: on. I've worried about it. I, I've, I've, I've thought, <laughs> I've thought, oh my gosh, she's going to do it. And we're just going to be on here.
1: and just mm. <laughs> Nope. 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 nope, nope. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. Uh, thanks everybody for tuning in. Uh, you guys are awesome. It's after midnight. We already have, we had like 260 people here just a minute ago, which is awesome. So, uh, we appreciate you guys. We'll be back Monday. Uh, until then. Uh CN Go Jacks. There. Yeah. 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 There.